Welcome to the Working Dog Depot podcast with your hosts, Rich Harden and Howard Young. Doing well, Howard. How are you, sir? I don't know. You don't sound so well. Well, I'm going to have to apologize. I have the some type of flu bug or something congested, so I apologize for my voice and and I don't know how long it's going to hold out. Hopefully it'll last the episode. Well, I hope it does too. And and I have to apologize because I think you probably picked that up while you were out here last weekend. I know that we uh, we have a reputation of handing out germs here when people visit. So uh, well, last weekend we had Cameron Ford out for a second time for a detection seminar. And he brought uh, Hank Wong along with him, which was really entertaining as we we knew it would be so we had a good time it was it was a great class i really liked the classroom portion and how he broke a lot of things down and put some stuff in context for his training it's a great great class if you can attend it i would highly recommend it yeah what's fun about that is that i was also you know we were able to get some friends together and obviously there was training that went beyond the the typical detection stuff you got to see uh our buddy mike santana do some decoy work and i don't know if you've ever you've ever seen him decoy before but as you said he's a world-class decoy and he just doesn't he's not going to be one that toots his horn and he's just just one of those humble guys that's super talented and quiet and absolutely is he was a phenomenal decoy fixed a lot of things decoys miss in transition and it was uh nice to see he didn't have to stop and reset i mean he was fixing things on the fly and it was a, a really nice piece of work that he was doing up there Fantastic. So today I'm excited. We have a gentleman that I've known of. I've never personally met before. We've had a couple opportunities that were just like swinging misses. I know that I was going to go with Franco Angelini out there before he retired. Both of these gentlemen retired and uh, I was going to sit on a, on uh, Franco's class. He kind of extended an open invitation to take him up on and I never took him up on just going with him on one of his trips. And so I missed that one. So I missed that because of COVID, I believe. And I know there was another opportunity. I think it might've been Blue Line last year or that something had come up and we'd, we'd missed an opportunity to get together again and meet. So I'm excited to bring a gentleman in today by the name of Mike Goosby, very well known in this community. And I'd like for, welcome him, welcome Mike. Thanks, glad to be here. How so, Mike, how you doing? You've been doing retired. Well, Retired for the past, it's been a year now, hasn't it? Been a year, yes. For me too. Yeah. yeah. So tell us what you what you've been doing. Well, so what I've been doing is uh, I was it, it all came from dog training. I was I was training a dog for a, a family, and uh, after about a month of being there, the the wife, who's now my boss, uh, offered me a position at her bank at to over oversee her executive protection detail. Wow. She's like, hey, I like your leadership style and the way you communicate with people and the way you talk mm -hmm. to us and. I think you'd be a great addition to the team. So I, I started doing that. It's awesome. been good. And yeah. I'm still doing dog training here and there. You know, I still have my department to train with and everything. So, so okay. fine. Good. Yeah. So you you're still got your hands on a leash. Yes, absolutely. I don't think they'll ever end. <laughs> right. And for it's folks that the folks that live under a rock that don't know you, you were 32 and a half years with LAPD. Is that correct? Yes, I was 32 and a half years with LAPD, 25 years with the canine platoon. Wow. And uh, I, I spent the, in the last part of my career there as a chief trainer, the, the sergeant over the canine training program. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah, 
a lot of us in this country, when we run dogs, we're there, we refer to them as dual purpose. So we're utilizing dogs in a patrol function, but also right. in a detection function. And that's, that's a little bit different there, correct? Yeah. So LAPD is a little bit more organic. You know, everything is specialized there. So our, our unit was a Metro canine unit, and we had dogs that searched for outstanding suspects. <laughs> we had five dogs in our unit that were just used for searching for outstanding weapons. You know, we are gun dogs. But the bulk of our handlers, our 19 handlers, all of them were single purpose, seeking use to find bad guys. Narcotics has their own dogs and bombs has their own dogs. So, you know, and it actually works out for us, but, you know, because we're a large department. And so we have a lot more resources. We're able to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes the training program a lot uh, easier, if you will. You don't have to worry about one discipline, you know, mm-hmm. instead of trying to keep, keep one up and keep the balance between the two and everything else. I just have to worry about one. So it made things a lot easier. Yeah. That is, that's unique. That really is. Yeah. So what got you into, uh, to dogs? In the uh, well, so I, funny thing is I wanted to be a veterinarian on a kid, you know, but then mm. somewhere along the lines, I was going to school. I realized one important factor. I didn't like school. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, okay. Well, yeah, the veterinarian thing probably ain't going to work too much. And, uh, I was actually my mom, I, I got accepted to university here in California. My mom paid for housing and everything else. And I was ready to go to school. And then one day I just came home to my dad's like, you know what? I really don't want to go to college. And he says, oh, okay, let's go walk inside for a minute. So he takes me inside the house and we go in the kitchen. I don't forget this day. We go to the kitchen, he goes, watch this. He flicks the light switch up and the light comes on. He turns it off. He goes to the stove. He turns the stove on. The fire comes up. He turns it off. The fire goes off. We go to the refrigerator. He says, now get close. Watch this. He opens it up and the light comes on. He goes, I watch that close it. The light goes off. He goes, uh, what does all this stuff have in common? I go, I don't know. It's in the kitchen. He goes, no, they all work. Everything in this house works. <laughs> so if you're not going to school, you better work. <laughs> yeah. So, but during that time, he was kind of big into dogs too. So mm. we had German Shepherds, we had Rottweilers. And so we were getting involved with training with local trainers and stuff like that. And uh, I really took a liking to that. You know, I always liked dogs. I mean, I was like a walking dog encyclopedia. You can ask me any breed of dog and I can tell you what it was and what the, you know, the, what the AKC standard was and all that stuff. So I was always into that. Once I got in the police department though, I was doing police work and we're in a canine search one. We're in a, uh, on a perimeter one day and canine got called to it. And my partner and I, who is now in canine himself, he's one of the trainers there, as a matter of fact. So Steve and I are in his perimeter position and canine shows up and they go into his backyard and the World War III breaks out. And holy crap, what the hell? And so they came out and they found the suspect, the shooting occurred. And he and I looked at each other both were like, okay, we want to work canine. <laughs> so right. that was our, and that was a goal. That was a goal. And so, you know, luckily for me, seven years later, I found myself as a canine handler. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it planted the seed. Those stories Definitely. are great. I, I love yeah. hearing those stories from handlers that were yeah. that they were on a, you know, they were a backup and they they saw right. the dog work for the first time yeah. and That's they were hooked. Right. And it was totally different from everything I'd known about dogs, right? Mm. For me, you know, as far as working dogs, it, it was night and day difference. You know, mm-hmm. it, everything I thought about that I knew about dogs, I realized really quick, I don't know as much as I think I do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was good. That was exactly my experience. I got my yeah. first dog and I said, you know what? I don't know anything about these creatures after all. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a big wake up call. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is without a doubt. Yeah. So currently, and this is very timely having you on. It was completely by accident. I saw where you had taken kind of a hiatus from the LEO discussion group and maybe a hiatus from social media in general. So yeah. I kind of, I kind of lost touch with you. But on that page, I saw where you had just basically said, I'm back. And uh, so right. I, I immediately reached out, and I appreciate the fact that you're so willing and you're so willing to come on with us and 
you said I'm all oh, in. I thought that's no man. Awesome. I, I've always I've, I've always had a lot of respect for you. You know, having like I told you before, I never met you face to face. But I mean, I, I listen to you talk, the way you train, the things you talk about. I've always had a lot of respect. So when you well, said I that, that, I was like, "Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely, I'll do it. Yeah, I yeah. felt his honor." It's funny. I think that you know that page has has grown so so much, and I'm I don't know if you're if it looks different to you now if, as you as you step back in. To me, it looks a little different, and I don't yes. want to get into too much of that. But I see a tremendous number of people asking for help. Right. That they're for pretty basic stuff, and and uh, obviously that when you ask, when you've gotten to the point where you're asking questions on Facebook about how to fix problems, you you've I don't want to say you've reached wit's end, but you you're you know you're you really want help, yeah, because you know, you're putting yourself out there. So some people do that anonymously, and obviously they don't want people to know what the issues you know they're having issues. But to, in order to reach out like that, and of course. The danger is, is that you're going to get responses. Oh, yeah. And responses are going to vary. But the reality is, is the response that you get is based on somebody's typically limited experience, their own right. personal experience. Mm -hmm. So they're not coming from a, a place of, well, experience. They're coming from right. you know, their own personal experiences, which, you know, many times what they witnessed worked for them, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best way. So, but anyway... It's, it's been a good resource, I think, for a lot of people. But I just see, I think the flavor has changed a little bit. But it's actually kind of scary if you think about it. If you, if you oh, think about sure. it deeper, it's a little scary, right? Because that goes to show us how much people don't have out there resource-wise, right. training-wise. You know, how many people are out there floundering and just trying to make their way through this thing? Sure. You know, and, and, and the thing, I was talking to, we were, I was talking to a group of trainers once at a seminar uh, this past year. And one of them said, uh, yeah, well, if a handler can't hard out a dog, then they shouldn't be a canine handler. And I'm like, that. I go, okay, but really? I go, because here's the deal. I go, it, that depends on what they're exposed to, who's training them, who's teaching them. I right. mean, you know, if, if you only have access to a trainer once every three months and that trainer's not really up to speed and lacks experience, you're talking about Howard, then can we really hold that kid's feet to the fire and say, you should know how to how run a dog? You know, yeah. now I would like them to know how and like to be able to teach them how to, but we got to be realistic about it though. You know, you can't hold everyone to the same standard. It's impossible sure. to do that. I mean, if you're in a training group with 20 people from various agencies, you know, if you really want to wake up, call, let's put a stopwatch on the number, the amount of time your dog's out of the car at, at training. Exactly. Exactly. Then it, then it becomes a really alarming. Yes. Without a the doubt. actual time on the ground is very limited. Very limited. Exactly. So, well, and that's, I think that's indicative, you know, here in Kentucky, it's kind of the same way. You have a lot of these small agencies that don't have the resources, you know, they don't have a place to go to turn for training. They went to a vendor and got a dog, and then they came back. You know, their dog is, you know, quote, certified. But what does that actually mean? Is there, is there even a standard across the board that says, you know, what, what a trained dog looks like? Right. And no, he passed the test. Yeah. He passed the right. test, and now you're certified. You're good to go. You know, and, that, and, and that's and, the problem. And whose test? <laughs> right. Whose test? Exactly. Because, again, you put 20 different trainers in a room, you got 20 different tests, you For know, sure. and, and, and I get that part, too. You know, but the, but I put a lot of this on the police department. You know, if you're going to if you're going to start a canine unit and you're going to go out and purchase dogs and hire a handler, well, they put something behind it. Right. You know, take it serious. Take it serious because the problem is when something goes bad, all of a sudden now you're going to want to take it serious. But sure. who's going to be the one that pays for that? That poor handler. You know, I get calls from departments all the time. Well, our handler did A, B, C, D, and E. What do you think about this? My first question is always, well, before we get to that part, 
what resources were available to this handler? What do they have to fall back on? What kind of training were they getting before they got to this situation? Sure. Because that's going to dictate how that situation turns out. Right. I always say it. You can't, you, you can't buy a freaking Porsche and then put minivan maintenance on it. <laughs> it uh -huh. won't be a Porsche anymore. It'll look like a right. Porsche, but it won't run right. like one. You know, right. that's the thing. Occasionally, we get calls from folks that want to start a canine program, and it might be a handler that says, "Oh, I've got I've got a dog, and I just want to run the opposite direction." Because you know that it, again, it goes back. If that department's not going to put some skin in the game, and then why put your name on that? Exactly. Why, 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 why stand tall for that? Because right. it's going to fall yeah. back to you. You know. Right. And, I, and I'll take it a step further. If you want the departments I work with, as much as possible. I try to be the one that goes out and tests and selects their dog for them. Right. Because now I know what I'm getting and I know what I'm going to be working with. And if anything goes good, it's on me. If it goes bad, guess what? It's on me too. Right. You know, so and obviously there's a dynamic of the dog and the handler working together and stuff like that. But at least I want to start off with a fair shot. Sure. That's right. Well, and you've got a long track record of knowing what to look for and, right. and having right. vendors that you trust. Absolutely. There's, there's yeah. a hotbed of places in California and, Honestly, there are a lot of vendors here in North Carolina as well. But so California has been on the lips of just about every canine handler yes. over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I wonder because, why. <laughs> because of an assembly bill. And I know that you're very up to date on what's going on with that. We, uh, on the other side of the country, it's it would be easy for us to just go, ah, oh, that's California. We don't need to worry about that. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Exactly. Well, until I had so many yeah. friends in California, I, I would just say it's about you're you're behind enemy lines. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You're in the, you're in the other state. <laughs> but no. But you're right, Howard. It, 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 it's easy to say, oh, it's in California. Leave it alone. But hey, man, that stuff starts coming over. We've seen it with case law across the country. We see it with case law. We see we see it with different uh, regulations here and there. Stuff starts flowing over. It does start flowing over. So it, it, and and I think this this bill. Is a long way off, you mm -hmm. know, from being a, a, a true a threat to us. However, right. I don't want it with the game day to start fighting it. We right. need to start putting stuff in their minds like right now. You know, we need to start fighting. We need to we need to take the front lines of this right now. And that's what we're that's what we're kind of doing right now, trying to get in the front lines of it and, and face it head on. Well, for for folks that haven't heard about it, Mike, tell us what that assembly bill is and what they're trying so, to pass. So essentially, uh, it's, it's from a it's from a, 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 a representative out of Riverside, California. What they're trying to do is they want to do away with bite dogs altogether. So that means any dog used for searching for suspects, used for apprehensions, anything that involves a dog dealing with suspects, they want to get rid of that dog altogether. What they want to have are dogs only for detection, be it, be it bombs or narcotics, and dogs doing search and rescue. So any level of police dog that has to do with detaining, locating, dealing with suspects, they want that out of the picture altogether. And that's just asinine. Sure it is, because what they're what they're really doing for those of us that know is that they're trying to get they're trying to do away with a location tool that exactly. that can actually be used as a use of force. Right, doesn't have to be. In fact, more often than not, isn't used. It's well, more used true. as a location tool. Exactly, without a doubt. Especially and especially here on the West Coast. Here mm -hmm. on the West Coast is definitely used more as a location tool than it is an apprehension tool. You know, without a doubt. Um, you know, but what's funny to me with these laws, though, you, you know, they want to stop the police from doing this, stop the police from doing that. They want the police to stop from policing altogether, so to speak. Right. right. Well, my my thing is, if you want the police to stop policing, then change all the damn laws. OK, mm -hmm. don't make it a law of speed anymore. Don't make the law of breaking the law of your speeding. Don't make it breaking the law if you commit a robbery. Don't make it breaking the law if you commit a murder. 
get, get rid of the laws and guess what? The police can't police those anymore. But they're not doing that though. Right. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. They just want to tie our hands up and limit how we police, but they still want to do it. You can't have it both ways. Right. That's a good perspective. I like that. That's uh, mo- most people don't come out and say it that way. So that's uh, well, well, <laughs> yeah, sir, well put. You know. So, but so, but but the dogs. It, it was surprising me too with this dog thing, though, is that California. You know, I, and I can't speak on other parts of the country. I can speak on mm-hmm. on the West Coast is where I am, right? And I spend most of my time training, but I do train across the country. But we are very huge on standards here and control, and every pretty much across the board. If you look at all the the departments in California. With within a few ranges, we're all pretty much doing the same thing. Right. You know, there might be some doing something a little different here and a little bit different there, but for the most part, we're all doing the same thing because, like you said, there are a lot of vendors, but there's only a couple primary vendors that most folks go to here. Right. You know, and those two vendors aren't too far off in how they're doing things. They're just not right. because they know what these departments want. They know how these dogs are going to be used. So they're all pretty much doing the same stuff. And we're very, we're very big on that here. So I don't know why this became an issue here in California. So yeah. This episode of the Working Dog Depot podcast is brought to you by our title sponsor, Fox and Hound. Fox and Hound has spent years creating the perfect formulas that are safe for our pups and contain many natural ingredients. They develop the highest quality of products for all dogs and products for all dog lovers and their homes. Products range from scented candles to dog shampoo, flea and tick spray, stain remover, paw balm, and dog cologne. They've even developed a line for working dogs and their handlers. For you folks who are required to wear a vest while on duty, you should check out their vest spray. Folks, the Young Home has Fox and Hound products in every room. For me, it's really quite simple. The products are great, and they're made by great people. Order online at shopfoxandhound.com or follow an order on Instagram at shopfoxandhound. For a 15% discount, use the WDDP discount code. Remember, man's best friend deserves dog's best products. Well, it seems like there's a little bit of an element of trying to f- fan the flames of racism, which oh, well, that's for sure, yes, that's that, sure. and that's so unfortunate. It is because if you do that, you know, unfortunately, we this it's it's, the, it's evolved to the fact that if you add that word to anything, it automatically makes it wrong, right? You know, automatically it's wrong. You know, but like I, like I said in the other podcast, if you go to some of these neighborhoods and knock on their doors and talk to these people, I want to bet you their concerns are they have a lot of concerns. But I'm mm-hmm. going to bet you that using a police dog is probably way down there if it was right. a concern to them at the time. There's a right. whole lot of quality of life things they want to deal with besides that, <laughs> you know. And that's mm-hmm. and that's where our, our legislative uh, folks they they miss that boat because they want the pandering, they want the, the recognition and all that stuff. Right. You know? Well, the one thing you can't get around is that you know when you when you look at an actual when it an apprehension does take place, it is a violent act. It is. I mean, and it is. It, and and typically people, I don't want to say they overreact because I can't say that I wouldn't react the same way. I mean, they react with yelling, screaming, and it sounds like they're about to die when we know they're not going to die. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's, an, it's a situation that typically doesn't last very long. Of course, you know, there are people out there that, that make huge mistakes and, to me, allow their dog to stay on people way too long. Yes. Of course, damage is typically inflicted. Well, damage is going to be inflicted pretty much regardless. Right. But right. the amount of damage really depends on, well, it depends on the dog, but it also depends on how much of a fight an individual wants to put up. Absolutely. And how long we, and how long we allow that dog to stand the bite. Sure. You know, those, those, those things are factors in it. You know, I, I think that um, part of the problem, though, 
when it comes to police canine stuff is that we don't police ourselves enough sometimes. And I know that people see me and they know, well, Mike is real big on control. Yeah, I am big on control. I'm big on people being in control. I'm big on dogs being in control. I'm big on the team being in control because we go find suspects. Suspects are chaos. Mm-hmm. When that dog meets that suspect, that's chaos. Okay? Right. Chaos doesn't fix chaos. So we're we're supposed to be the ones behind all this that are going to end this chaos and take this guy into custody. You know, the dog did his job. He found him. He engaged with him. He's dominating him. I'm all fine and dandy with that. But that's still all chaos. So once they now we got to now we have to stop the chaos and make this thing come to a peaceful end as peaceful as as we can. Right. Right. That's that's the that's the that's the whole thing with it. And but I think that happens more often than not, though. I do think that happens more often than not. Do we have those situations that we see on, on YouTube or we see on Instagram where it's a bad bite or the dog bit a, a, a search team member or another officer or something like that? You know, we're going to see those things. We are going to see those things. But those things don't represent the whole canine community. I know that for a fact, you know, because no one's going to put the good stuff on there. They only put the bad stuff. Right. Without a doubt, you know, but it's, it's like I told, I told our administrators, we have 10,000 officers in our department. We strap guns to their hips. And these are folks who have the ability to reason, make decisions. I can watch Howard Young do something and decide based on his outcome of what he did, if it's a good idea for me to do it or if it's a bad idea for me to do the same thing. Okay. Right. And guess what? With all that in hand, I can still go out there and make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So now I expect this dog to not make any mistakes. That's, 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 that's it's crazy. It's ludicrous. It's not going to happen. Right. You know, you can't hold them to that. You can't hold them to that standard. You can't hold them to that level. But do I think there's room for us in the canine community to do better? Absolutely. Sure. I, I think that every single day. Yeah, we can always do better. So is there an element of the bill that is also uh, spotlights what dogs are used for and, and one of them? Uh, yes. So you, I heard you mention protests in a, the other podcast. We don't we don't use dogs for anything. No, we don't. And, <laughs> and I think if you talk to anyone that has any sense in their brain, they would say that's a bad place for a dog to be. Right. All that chaos and moving parts and all that stuff, that's not that dog's just gonna be agitated to Mach 10 no matter what. Right. So why have be agitated everybody? Doesn't matter sure. the protester yeah, or police officers. Officer. Right. The police officer next to you, the protesters in front of you. Exactly. So I get if you go back to the civil rights era, and we cannot forget sure. those things because those things did happen. And one thing we don't want, obviously, for everybody's sake, is history to repeat itself in certain areas. You know, but again, you know, you can take it back to Nazi Germany, wherever. Yes, dogs were used the wrong way back then. But we can't sure. hold we, we we can't hold everybody to, to, to that anymore. We're not doing that. If we were still doing it, that's a problem. But we're not doing that. So why bring that part up? Why right. add protests to it if you can't come to me and show me at least one instance where the dog was used during a protest in the state? And that's so that yeah. that's but that right there is fanning the flames, though. It does, it, and it also shows you how powerful those images are. Yes, because if they're not being used like that, they're relying on images that are that are very old. Yes. But it, it conjures up a lot of feelings. And, it and does. Folks. So yeah. the uh, gentleman that hired me, the chief at Shelby, was very adamant about what he wanted. And that was that was the top of his list is that we were to never do anything like that. He right. was very deeply concerned about image and, and not conjuring up a negative image and, and feelings of mistrust, distrust of the police by doing things like that, which I think that does. It does. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. And I think that chief is smart because, you know, as much as we don't want to talk about it and think about it, image does play a huge role in this thing. You know, what people sure. perceive us to be or not to be is very important in, in police work. I think that's the only way that bill gathers 
any steam is is by doing that very thing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why we have to if they're going to push that 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 false negative narrative, then mm-hmm. we have to get out there and push just as hard or even harder with the uh, the real narrative. You so know? and it's not always and my narrative is not always a positive narrative. narrative. Mm-hmm. There are some negative there are some negatives to my narrative. I'm going to be honest with you. But, you know, but again, there's negatives to everything. Sure. But I got to give you all the truth because that's how it's going to work. It has to be the yeah. truth. You can't sugarcoat it. So I know that you guys were very big on using e-collars. Yeah. Pretty big fans of the Garmin 550, right? That's what you typically yes. would use? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And the reason why I'm a fan of that one is because it's, it's, it's KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Right. I got 19 handlers, and that's like hurting cats sometimes, you know. And with 19, <laughs> with 19 handlers, I can guarantee you it's not going to be 19 superstars, right? You're going right. to have your top notch. You have your middle notch. You have those guys that, okay, you're, 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 you're hanging in there, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. You require talks every day. You require something. My hands on you every day doing something, right? So that garment, just, just the, the big buttons on it and mm-hmm. the levels of stimulation are true to the game. If right. I'm on a low two, I know I'm on a low two. Mm-hmm. If I'm on a high five, I know I'm on a high five. And the handler can have that thing in his tag vest or her belt, and they can sit there and they can click that thing and know where they are right away. So it's mm-hmm. not a range of stuff. It's just, I, I got to keep it really quick and really to the point with them sometimes. Well, that's, 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 why, that's why I like that. It's one of my favorites. That's why I like that. You know, that's why I like that. Don't get me wrong. There's, probably, there's some better systems out there that I've mm-hmm. used before during training and stuff like that, even some pet dog training. But I mean, as far as police work goes, the way we operate, that's the best one for us. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's proven to be pretty reliable, too. Yes, it has been proven to be pretty reliable, you know. And and it, and it, it allows the handler to learn, too, a lot faster, too. Right. Because, again, they know, you know, I can sit there on the field and they're doing something. I can ask them, hey, what level are you on? And they know if I ask that, then there's an issue. <laughs> right. There was a reaction that you didn't want. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So you don't use them to teach specific behaviors, but you use it to reinforce behaviors you've previously taught. Yeah. So the way we do it, you know, and, and the way I like to do it is I, I like to train the dog conventionally train the dog. I can know the dog has an understanding of everything I'm asking of him and what I expect the outcome to be when I give a certain command or make a certain move, whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. So the dog has an understanding of it. I want to be fair to the dog. So I'm not going to use the e-collar to teach the dog how to out. I'm going to train the dog how to out, and then I may need to bring the e-collar in to reinforce it, especially the dog's in an off-leash, in an off-leash environment working in front of me, right. you know? But I'm going to teach all those basic things, how to sit, how to heal, how to stay, how to come back to me, how to go on a forward down, whatever the case may be. I'm going to teach all those things absent the e-collar, but then bring the e-collar in as like my invisible leash now so I can control the dog from a different level. You know, and 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 I'm also going to use the e-collar based on the dog's level of stimulation. You know, right. I would say that the punishment has to fit the crime, you know, whatever right. the case may be. So if he's operating at a lower level, my e-collar is at a lower level. But if he's, if he's already at a higher stimulated level and I know that, well, then I can't keep operating him at a level here. I got to bring it up and match that intensity there. You right. Know? So that's kind of the way we nagging. use it. Exactly. Now I'm nagging. So I tell people all the time, it's almost like it's someone's pinching you, right? You keep mm-hmm. pinching me in the same spot. Well, eventually he goes numb. I don't like the fact that you're pinching me, but it doesn't hurt as much as it did the first time. Mm-hmm. Because now it's, it's a little bit numb. I'm not feeling it as much. It's the same thing. And I'm also teaching the dog what? Ignore it. This means mm-hmm. nothing to you. Ignore me. <laughs> Ignore me. This means nothing to you, you know? So I, I'm. So we're really big on that here. Yeah, we're really big here. Um, the e-collar thing came to place for us, though, because unlike most departments, you can say, hey, we like the e-collar. We don't like the e-collar. It was mandated by us in a lawsuit settlement mm. back in the 90s. So we have to use an e-collar on our dogs. You know? wow. but, I, but it's safe to say, though, if you ask any LAPD canine handler, if you tell them today, hey, you don't have to use an e-collar starting tomorrow, there's not one that's going to say, okay, good, I'm going to get rid of this thing. 
because it is a good tool to have for us, you know. Right. And it and it and as long as you use it as that, you know, it's not always a break. People like to use it as a break, 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 break. Now sometimes a gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, you only says a gas pedal and a break at the same time, you know. I forgot who started that term, but when they brought that term up, I was like, damn, who I thought of that that term? That's that's a perfect example. It's a gas pedal and a brake, you know? Right. Yeah. So I was gonna say that's 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 the difference between a punishment tool and a teaching tool. Absolutely. You know, the gas pedal says, Hey, I'm doing this because I know that I'm gonna get what I want faster. Yes. It's not they're not being punished for it. Exactly. That's a great, great example of why that tool is such a great tool. And if you're using the e collar a, a lot as a punishment tool, that tells you something. Yeah. I need to go back and do some training here. There's some confusion yeah. there. You know, I get these handlers sometimes that tells me, hey, you know, I use my e-collar and it throws my dog in a fight. It makes them angry. It makes them want to fight. Well, that's not fight, buddy. That's confusion. Uh-huh. <laughs> dog doesn't know what you want from him. Okay, right. so how about we put the e-collar down? Let's do some dog training right now. Uh-huh. You know, and that's a big thing. I think a lot of trainers, I, like, I think a lot of folks like to shortchange it and use that e-collar as a punishment tool. Right. Well, yeah, if you hit me on the top of the hill with a baseball bat, you can probably get me to do anything you want. You know, but is that consistent? Mm-hmm. And is that going to, can, can you do that in the time that, you know, and, and you can use it for everything I do? Because pretty soon I won't do anything for you anymore. Right. So, you know, right. that fear of the baseball bats coming, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shut down. I'm not going to do anything right. for you then. Well, and it's certainly, that's conflict. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And the key, and, the, and that's funny you say that, Howard, because if the e is used correctly, it should be reducing conflict between the handler and the dog. Right. <laughs> you know, but if it's reducing sure. conflict, we got a problem now, right? That's right. Well, and I think that's the, the problem when you look at any type of tool for dog training, that people see the negative things because of conflict that someone has yes. created. It wasn't right. trained correctly or, you know, whether it's even using food wrong, you can still right. reinforce the wrong behavior. Oh, so every tool can be used incorrectly. And I think that's the, the problem. People can't bring up that context to say, well, it was used incorrectly. That's why you're looking at a dog that's in conflict versus a dog that's not having that gas pedal at this time. And, and, and also, I think you want to add more to that, too, is that they people want instant gratification. Yep. And sometimes they think the e-call is going to give them instant gratification. Get the dog to do what I want right now. No, it, it, work is going to bring you gratification. You got to put the work in. You know, it's funny. My wife used to, used to laugh. She said, when people come over and they see how our dogs would act at home, she said, they, they, only see the, they only see that end product. They don't see what you've done to get to this part. Right. She said, they don't see that when you leave for work with your police dog, it takes you almost 15 minutes to get even get in the car because right. you, you, you're sending a dog to the car, you put them on a down, you're calling them back to you, you're making them go back to the kennel. She's doing all these different things. They don't understand that. She goes, I see it. The dog, all he wants to do is get in that damn car, but you're mm-hmm. making him go through all these changes first before he gets in the car, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the work you have to put in for it. Right. If I can't get you to, to listen to me in that low stress environment, then what do I expect you to do for me once the things really start hitting the fan? You know, what's going to happen here? You know, it's not going to happen. That's the point. No, it's not going to happen. And I try to tell folks all the time, you know, especially with the e-collar stuff. Hey, listen, if you can't get the dog to do what you want him to do at your side, if you can't get him to walk like a gentleman at your side, what makes you think you can let him go and bite that decoy? He's going to come off that bite and come back to you. Right. (laughs) Those are things that we have to look at. So those are the things I like to have kind of dialed in before I start introducing e-collar so much. Sure. That even plays into the setup. You know, if we're going to work on control and we're going to do it on a on a field or in a building, regardless of which place we do it, and you're allowing that dog to act like a monkey and drag you into the building. Exactly. Now, once you get into the building, you're going to change the rules on him. Right. And no, you expect- our, I'm building drive. He's dragging me. He's building drive. He's going to work. Okay. <laughs> exactly. 
No, so it's funny. It, I'll diminish his draft if I don't keep him in draft. <laughs> right. So it's funny you say that. So, um, you know, I still train the LAPD guys and I'm retired. I go back and do training with them. And they had a dog they're having issues with. And so I get there. I'm talking to them what my plan is for the day, how we're going to do this and the other. I said, but before we started, I said, Chris, go ahead and get your dog in by the car. Well, the moment the door opens, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> it's, a complete, it's a complete shit show. I'm like, wait a minute. So now you expect this dog. Go to that field and do what you want them to do? No, 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 no. We got to start this train all over again. So we started working on stuff just from the car because you're right. They're, yeah, they're giving, they're telling you, they're talking to you. See, your dog's always talking to you. Mm-hmm. He's telling you how I'm going to act in here. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. letting you know right now. I'm going to act this way. He's letting you know yeah. to either be a gentleman or I'm going to be a Tasmanian devil. He's right. showing you right away, you know. And so yeah, the, but those are things though <clears throat> that unless you have experience and you're working with dogs, you put your hands on a lot of dogs over and over again, you don't pick those things up. And you hear a lot of trainers say that, though, you know, hey, let him drag you to the building. He's going to build drives and do that and the other. Now, don't get me wrong. There might be times that I'm based on what I'm working on. I might want that dog to drag you to, sure. you yeah. know, but it's going to be based on what I'm working on and what my goal is once we get once we get there, you know. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not, it's not all. And it's funny with dog training. Right. It's like, yeah, don't do what I told you to, yesterday. Do what I told you today <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you to do today <laughs> what I told you not to do yesterday. <laughs> exactly. That's why the concept of we're always training the dog in front of us is so right. important. You got to train the dog in the now, not what's going on yesterday, you know, six weeks from now. No, it's what's going on right now. And so for us, too, though, back to the e collar thing, you know, everything that the way we work our dogs in LAPD is that dogs all work off leash. Right. So we, we don't do any tracking. The dogs aren't going, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're not nose to the ground tracking because if you look at our environment, you know, I brought a bunch of guys came out to do some training. And they saw our environment. They're like, oh, I understand. We understand completely why you're on track here. Because everything is it's a, it's an urban jungle. Right. The dogs are off leash and air scenting. But we have to have a way to control that dog, you know, yeah. while the dog's away from us. And just and, and there's no way you can completely control the dog that's off leash ahead of you, especially a dog a, 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 a trained police dog right. that's been out finding people, been out dominating people, been out biting people. There's no way to work that dog, control that dog without an e collar. Hey guys, I need to let you all know that the Thin Blue Line Conference is now the Hold the Line Canine Conference. It's the same great annual conference run by the same great folks. The Hold the Line Canine Conference is a 3D educational conference started by Joe Lukowski, who is an active canine handler with the Pocono Mountain Regional Police Department. It was started solely for law enforcement officers and military personnel. This year it will be held on May 2nd through the 4th in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. They offer a variety of classes with an impressive instructor lineup, as well as an array of top-notch vendors. To ensure their attendees are up-to-date with the ins and outs of the canine industry, they are constantly making sure their class schedule reflects this. So new instructors this year include Kenny Williams with Interdiction, Mike Nesbeth, Carlos Ramirez, Mike Lilly, and Steve White, to name a few. Attendee and vendor registration is now open, as well as a variety of sponsorship opportunities. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to have a great time with fellow brothers and sisters in blue, as well as to further educate yourself to keep you and your canine safe. Register at thinbluelineconference.com or htlk9.com. Also, follow them on Facebook and Instagram for continuous conference updates. I get people all the time. When my dog listens to me, I don't need any collar. Okay, that dog just hasn't, you just haven't seen the thing that tickles that dog's fancy. And right. once that thing comes into play, I guarantee you, if you don't have something way of controlling him physically, you know, because e-collar, in my, in my opinion, is still a physical correction. You know, sure. if you don't have a way to do that, then you're going to be in trouble without a doubt. 
So that's something that's always impressed me by your outfit and what you guys do in terms of, and I think I reached out to you about this. We have, you know, we have guys that are tracking and they encounter dogs that are, that are chained up in the backyard and right. they've got to overcome that. So I know that going from yard to yard to yard, fenced yard to fenced yard, you guys mm-hmm. have to encounter people's oh, yeah. dogs and you actually have yeah. people that are, that wrangle them, right? They, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So that's, you know, again, all those things, we, the dogs have got to be solid environmentally, right? They got to be solid environmentally. They got to learn how to ignore those things. Right. And so that's why we have two levels of levels of certification in LAPD. We have a limited certification, which means the dog pretty much knows everything they need to know. The only thing we want them to do in the training arena and could pass a full certification, but they haven't proven themselves that's in the real world, mm-hmm. not on a real canine search. So we're, we're lucky for us, we have enough work where we can have something like that. So this dog can only go out and search for unarmed suspects because we've introduced him to alleys where dogs are the gates barking at him and stuff like that. We've we've hidden decoys in yards and follow-up searches where the, the dog has to go into a yard and find a decoy, even though there's another dog chained up in that yard. We've done all these things, but what we haven't introduced to it is a stress level from the handler. Because in the training environment, the one thing that, that, that happens to us in training as handlers is that no matter what happens, as short of something stupid happening, we're all going to go home at the end of this thing. We're all going to get in our cars and go home, right? But right. when the real world comes in, that's when the stress comes into play now. My dog is off leash, such a real suspect. I don't want to miss him. I don't want to look stupid. All these things come into play. It's kind of like a, the limit thing is kind of for the handler and the dog. Okay, we're going to marry you guys together because right. you guys know my dog is going to respond differently to me based on how my stress level is. And that dog's going to feed off of that. You know, I can cause that dog to shut down based on my stress level, or I can cause that dog to become amped up based on my stress level. Mm-hmm. You know, so all that environmental stuff has to come into play with our dogs. So they're, they're in a crazy environmental place. And L.A. has a, a, a population of 3.4 million people. So there's always people out and about, too. So even though right. we, we, we clear the perimeter up, we set a tight perimeter, no one in, no one out, you still have to run the fact of, you know, the, the chance of people opening the door, coming outside while the dog's off leash. Hey, what's going on? So we got to be able to control all those different things. And that's another part where the e-collar comes into play for us. You know, you sure. still you, you have that fail safe, so to speak, to help you out in these situations. Right. Sure. So in the, the large number of your what we would call them non-bite apprehensions, that only about 20% of the people get, get actually bit. Is and that 20%, correct? 20% of our people we find get bit, yes. Yeah. That's... 20% of our people get fine. Now, that, that, that comes off a couple of things now, right? Let's not, let's, I'm not going to sit here and say that we're the, 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 the experts at it. There's, there's some factors to that. Right. One, you have suspects that just the dog can't get to. Right. You know, I found the guy, I can't get to him. The guy's in the trunk of a car, locked in the trunk of a car. The dog can't get in there and bite him, right? So that's, that's one. You have the ones where the and you have the ones where the handler is working the dog. He sees the suspect. He sees the suspect and sees the dog, and he recalls the dog back and order the suspect out. And and those things come into play. And a lot of guys, well, man, you let your dog finish, he get a bite. Look, our job is to locate the guy. Okay, the dog's gonna get a bite. The dog's Mm -hmm. gonna get a bite. And the bite is the dog getting a bite or not getting a bite is not gonna dictate to me whether this dog's a good police dog or not. Okay. (laughs) Because <laughs> then he's not getting a bite in training every night, is he? Exactly. He's not getting a bite in training every night. Exactly. But guess what? They still work, right? right? You know, can you find the guy that we wouldn't have found if we didn't use you? That's what your job is for me. Okay. Get me to the suspect. Get my reaction time when I find the suspect. Give me an earlier, an early indication that I can get this guy into custody safely now without us going, without us getting hurt. That's what the dog is used for for us. So I tell my handlers all the time. I used to call it um, the bite command for just be pocketing, right? It's not mm-hmm. pocket anymore. Now the dogs come over, it's spots or whatever the case may be. But I always tell my handlers, hey, keep a pocket in your damn pocket. 
okay? Keep a pocket in the pocket. Because if you're going out there and you're buying every little stupid burglary suspect, every little stolen vehicle suspect, the day we get the Super Bowl, you might be on the sidelines. The powers of beer are like, hey, this guy's had too many bites. He can't use his dog. And now you're sidelined, and that's a Super Bowl chance. You need to keep a pocket in the pocket. The guy that needs to get found needs to get some teeth on him. You can't do it now because you need to keep one in your pocket. So right. be a smart handler. You know, keep that balance. You know, and it's not going to break your dog. You know, and, and it shows the powers of be, though, that we're using our brains out here. We're doing police, but we're a bit professional about it. That's right. And so that's how it works for us. So, yeah, that's why our bite ratio is the way it is. There are yeah. times where the handlers will put the dog on the forward down in order to suspect down stuff like that, you know. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you don't let your dog finish? Eh, he gets to finish, <laughs> you know, but that might be his finish because there's a lot of different finishes for this dog. His finish might be you bark in a freaking closet, and the guy's in the closet, we call you back, order the guy out. Your finish might be the closet's open, you got in there, and maybe you got a bite on the guy. So your finish, you have, you have to be able to, to accept all these different finishes that we the present The finish for my dog is what I say it is. That's exactly, right. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's the thing that we have to kind of, you know, I keep preaching to people. The finish doesn't always have to be the bite. Right. Don't get me wrong. I like when dogs bite. I, I, I like a strong police dog, but we got to be smart out there. That's right. And the whole idea is if, if your handlers are being smart, you're taking people into custody with the least amount of force possible. Exactly. That's how exactly. you affect an arrest. And, and it gives, and, well, it also gives me now the ammunition to go forward to the legislators and say, look, this is how a police work is really being done here in the state of California. This is what we're really doing. So this is why this bill is not necessary to police us. Well, and the reality is some dogs don't need tremendous number of bites. No, they don't. I mean, we've, we've, I could just think of one dog in our, in our group right now. He's, he's an apex predator. I mean, he doesn't need a bite right. every training session. He comes out of the car looking to, for his next target. So, you know, we actually spend a lot of time just deconflicting with him and just chilling mm-hmm. out. Right. Just hang out right. with us, man. Don't, right. Not everybody's a target. Right. And don't and, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, we, we are the police and police work is ugly, <laughs> and we do need to know these dogs will bite. We do right. need to know they're going to engage. They're going to stay in there in that fight and they're going to dominate the suspect. We do need to know those things, but we don't need to we don't need to know that every single search. Right. You know, because there's handlers I talk to sometimes. My dog has had a bite yet. Well, how many fines has he had? Well, he's had this many fines. Oh, so he's still working for you. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. We'll get that part. We'll get there then. We'll get there. You know, and, and I and I say that because. I don't want folks. I hear it sometimes. Of don't don't manufacture it. Let it come. Right. You know. Don't. That's how we get in trouble. Don't force the issue. It'll come. If it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. You know. Sure. So those can, are the things that yeah, I look at. Can we talk failed engagements? Because yes. I I know they happen. And yes. I, and I I think you know, I just think of the the green handler who's just gone through school and mm-hmm. he's you know he thinks his dog is really Superman, and come to find out for whatever reason it could be could be a lack of character in the dog but more often than not if the selection has been proper and the training has been correct that it's really just the dog hasn't doesn't acknowledge or hasn't accepted that picture yet or doesn't understand the the picture that has presented itself that's true so, so you guys i know you've run into that i know you work oh. on you don't lose your mind over, over no it. i don't I don't lose my mind over it. And, and, and the reason why I don't lose my mind over it is because when we start losing our mind over things like that, we get in trouble. Right. <laughs> we do stupid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the way police work was back in the day, canine work was, we had more opportunities to help the dog, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know? And, 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 and I'm not going to go too deep into that, but we live in a world now, body one video. Everything is on big screen TV. Mm-hmm. You know? So you have to accept what is as it is. And just keep training and keep pushing and keep working. Like you said, if the dog 
has been properly selected and properly trained, that light, that, that, that candle is going to light one day. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be patient with it. Keep doing the training. So we had a dog, uh, Dart. We got, uh, we got Dart from Winter Europe. I went on a bike to Europe with uh, Adler Horse. And we brought Dart back. And I have footage of this dog. You know, let me back up. So LAPD is a fine and bark department, right? Mm-hmm. So our, our foundation of our dog's training is fine and bark. Now, anyone that is a true understander of fine and bark know that that's probably about really as good as to your first dead dog's first real first or second bite. Then that dog starts realizing, hey, this barking shit ain't so cool. I like just kind of going to put my teeth on this guy. You know, so I always tell departments they hear that, oh, we should go to fine and bark. Oh, no, you don't. No, you shouldn't. Because it's really hard to maintain. Mm. If you don't have the proper training and, and stuff for your handlers and your dogs, then you're you're actually adding a liability to your department, but you're you're exposing yourself to risk by making this a fine and bark department. Keep right. it fine and bite. Keep it fine and bite and train test standard, right? So I, 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 that's my disclaimer on that. We're forced to be fine and bite, fine and bark because, again, that lawsuit settlement back in the day that gave us e-collars also gave us fine and bark. So we don't have a choice in the matter. If I had my choice in the matter, would I rather train fine and bite or fine and bark or fine and bite all day long? Number mm-hmm. one, it's easier, you know, and, and there's no confusion setting in. Sometimes it's confusion with dogs because, you know, as Dave Reaver puts it, and, and he teaches fine and bark at his uh, kennel. At his, at his class, you know, because a lot of departments, they require that. So he has to, you know, do that. But like Dave says all the time, he says, hey, the wolf never warns the rabbit that he's coming. Right. <laughs> sure. you know, so that's the thing. But anyway, back to Dart. So Dart, you know, his foundation was fine and bark, you know, going into a bark and hold. That's been his foundation and everything. I have put to that dog 31 fines. And I mean fines where that dog is on top of the guy's chest barking right in his face. 31 times. And that dog has done it over and over again. He's like right there, rah, 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 rah. I'm over, uh, and, and the handler, Marty's like, Sarge, is, is this, does he know what to do? I go, he'll get it. It'll come to him. I go, just, it ain't there yet. And I, it'll come to him. I say, when it does come to him, I go, stand by, because he has the best nose. I, I'd say he probably of all the dogs in our unit, his nose is probably the best nose of all of them. That dog mm-hmm. is a hunter. I go, this dog, is, I go, Marty, this dog's a hunter. He is a hunter. He just hasn't clicked in his mind yet how to do it. Mm-hmm. It, hasn't, it hasn't been brought to him yet. He'll get there. And he's done it over and over again. One day it clicked, and that dog went to the dark side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. Over, that's, what overnight, that's what happened. And overnight, overnight. Okay, here we go. <laughs> he became a control thing. He became that dog you talked about a minute ago. Okay, we got to work on this as he gets out of the car. We got to work on this. We got to lower his stimulation because he's like, oh, I'm a police dog. Yeah, I can do this, you know. And that, and people. And folks always say, well, dogs won't go find a guy and bark. Yeah, yes, they do. They will do that. If that's what they've been trained to do, they'll do it. I, and, you know, but but I don't expect my guys to have their dogs go in and somebody's face bark, 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 bark. Because you're asking for a bite there, so to speak, right? Yeah. The guy blinks hard. He's going to get bit. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. So, you know, so do we bite folks? Yes, we do bite folks, without a doubt. You know, but um, we do have those dogs, though, that, that, that foundation of training does cause them to take longer to engage sometimes. Now, that's not all of them. I got some that right away, they go out, no, nope, uh, I know you, that barking thing is cool, but this guy, right. he saw that, he blinked, he blinked, I got him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here at Working Dog Depot, we're pleased to make an extra special announcement. Fox and Hound Canine Foundation will be hosting their first celebration event with a fun-filled day meeting canine teams from across the country in an incredible atmosphere on Table Rock Lake in Branson, Missouri. On June 3rd, fun for the whole family will start at 12 noon. Included in the day of events are special canine demonstrations, raffles, a silent auction, vendor booths, balloon artists, live entertainment, and music. 
Later on in the evening, you're invited and encouraged to join in the gala event starting at 6. You can purchase an entire table or individual seating as you see fit. Enjoy an open bar, which will transition into a cash bar a little bit later in the evening. Also included are a silent auction, music, special private canine demonstrations, and VIP guest appearances. A detailed agenda will be forthcoming as the event date draws closer. We know that the folks at Fox and Hound, our title sponsor, have a huge heart for canines and their handlers. It's important to know that all proceeds that are raised by their fantastic Canine Foundation event go to assist canine teams by providing funding, equipment, supplies, paid canine medical expenses, canine handler education, and specialty training for active and retired canines. Don't miss out on this super opportunity to network. Have some fun and support a wonderful cause. We hope to see you there. And they're on a bite right away, right? So we do have yeah. that, but I tell people, if your training is solid, now if the training issue is not engaging, then we got to address that. We got to work on that. But if all the things are being put in place and, you know, and the stars just aren't aligning for that bite, don't panic for it. It'll come. Right. It'll come. You know, it, it, it'll come. And again, if you if you have in your mindset, though, that my goal is for my dog to find the guy, then you can live with that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, you can live with a little better. But don't get me wrong. Do I want a dog to go in? It's going to hammer somebody. Absolutely. It's going to dominate him. Absolutely. But I'm not going to panic. If the dog is taking longer to do it than I want him to. Right. So I had a handler call me uh, just just the other day where he had a situation where. The guy had jumped and run from him. Of course, it was a situation where he was supposed to bite. And right. uh, the dog lunged at him and kind of veered off like he grasped nothing but air, came back, and he was – I got to see the body cam. So the dog was confused. confused and, uh, okay. you know, and it's a dog that's seasoned. So one of the things that I just realized is that we spend a lion's share of our time working on passive – Passive against. Yes, exactly. So then it, it occurred to me that this dog has not seen anybody run like that in a very, very long time. So I, I try to, you know, console him and say, look, we're going to work on this. The other part of that is that this dog has had engagements, successful engagements, but again, they were they were all passive individuals that were lying and, and hiding. Right. Uh, right. You're typically on the end of a track. So, right. you know, I told him, well, we're going to work through this. I know yeah. that, that it embarrassed you and it frustrated you, but but this is a fixable situation. This is a dog that's right. got is. the tools. It is, but but if you think about it, most situations are like that, though. You right. know, I mean, I, I've been around long enough to, to not get surprised anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you have hands, oh, my dog's broken, sorry, just any other. No, it's not, relax. That dog's not broken. The dog's had 10 fines already. He's had eight bites. That dog's fine. You just had a bad day with that dog. Right. We'll work through that. You know, what? Give me, let me know what, what happened. Give me the story, right. you know? And you'll see that a lot of times, though. But that's what we as trainers got to come to play, like you just uh-huh. did, okay? Uh-huh. Easy there. There's no need to right. panic, start doing stupid shit with this dog. Right. <laughs> we right. told this dog he's going to work fine. And now, typically my go to is we'll, we'll replicate that probably yeah, in a muzzle. Yeah, replicate and, it. See and, you, yeah, see the dog. Then the dog is, the dog's got it. The, the other part is that he is in the twilight of his career. So, you know, but I don't see him slowing down. He doesn't see him slowing down. I just, to me, when I looked at the body cam, it's, the dog's confused. Right. It's confused. Like I said, though, we put guns on hips of human officers every day and give them all kind of training and everything. Do they get confused? Do they make mistakes? They do. So if that's the case, we can't expect this police dog to always be 110 percent for us. It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen, you know. But at the same time, though, 
we can't ignore issues. If there's an issue, then we need to address it. You know, if it's a little small anthill right now, let's keep it that and work and stamp it out. Don't let this thing mm-hmm. become a big old Mount Everest mountain because we ignored it, right? The same mm-hmm. thing too. We can't accept everything, but I, I but but I, I but I'm, I'm real big on that though. Just because a dog had a felt engagement doesn't mean it's a dog that shouldn't be a police dog, right? You know, and that's the thing. Every, right. Everybody cool. wants a man eater until they get one. Yeah, <laughs> yep. it is a problem. <laughs> So it looks like uh, Rich kind of slipped out on us, but oh, yeah. we're pretty much to the point where we're kind of wrapping things up. What's uh, what's next for you? Uh, I think I'm going to, uh, well, I'm going to go to uh, Blue Line. What's that called? Uh, Hold the Line. The name. Hold the Line, yes. Hold yes. the Line, K9. I'm going to go there in, in uh, May. I'm looking forward to that. And I'm actually going to do my K9 community kind of retirement party there. Oh, so cool. all the folks there, I'm gonna, they, they're going to help me find a location. I'm going to put some money in the bar and stuff, some more dirt and stuff like that. Do a little retirement party with everybody there. Have some fun with everyone there. Well, um, yeah, that'll be fun, right? And then uh, after that, then the next thing I'll be doing, uh, we got I got Canines United. You know, we got a, we got a seminar in Sacramento here in okay. uh, March, coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, mm. and, and I enjoy doing stuff with Canines United because it gets because it, it's pretty much volunteer. We get to go out there and and hit a lot of dogs and teams that aren't getting a lot of training or you know and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun with them and uh, doing that. And I'm still training my uh, departments have contracts with here in California. That's great. And then uh, I'll be at Hits in Scottsdale in uh, August. Okay, very good. Yeah. And we, in the middle uh, of all that, I'll do my work. I'll do my regular job. My oh, I block. know. <laughs> I, that's what my retirement looks like too. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so. It's a good thing though that it was by design. You know, we, yes. couldn't, we couldn't ask for a better retirement. No, no I'm, I'm I'm blessed. I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm life yeah. is good. I cannot complain. So Rich and I will be speaking at, at Hold the Line as well. So we will oh, nice. see, we will see be you face to face and shake your hand. That'd be yes. awesome. <laughs> right. Several missed opportunities and we'll actually yes. make it happen. Yes. So. I, I will definitely be there. Yeah, I will definitely and, be there. And I would like to do the hits thing as well. I went last year and the year before and it was good. But yeah, it's actually kind of nice to go and not be presenting and just. Right. Just kind of hang out. And, I know, yeah. But Rich and I have been doing a good number of seminars up in Philadelphia and uh so it's it's been good getting up there too nice very nice all right well once again i really appreciate you taking the time on your saturday to ah, good time. sit down with us and yeah. share some of your knowledge and we we appreciate it very much I, I appreciate you having me thank you very much you bet have a great afternoon all right you too sir take care take care okay bye that was a great conversation i agree i thought it was a good interview uh, 32 and a half years on LAPD. That's a, that's a long time. 25 years in canine. Pretty impressive. Nice guy. Absolutely. He's a uh, very well known in this community. He's got a solid reputation. Good guy. Seemed to be. Well, tonight's bourbon was your pick. Something you introduced me here to uh, in North Carolina and something I had not had. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about it? Sure. Penelope. And I did a little research on Penelope. Of course, we poked a little bit of fun at the name. But kind of like we suspected, it was developed by a husband and wife who were expecting a young a daughter, and lo and behold, Penelope. And uh, believe it or not, the company is out of New Jersey. Okay. And what we have, what we are drinking tonight, is the barrel strength Penelope barrel strength aroma, sweet caramel, and hints of maple syrup and, and candied sweetness. Of course, it's. On the on the higher end of the proof, one fifteen point two, which that passed the test for me. Yep, it's over a hundred. I'm I'm the same. I like it a little spicy. Yep. All right. Well, 
here's the hair of the dog the bitch yep good stuff that's good it is that's a recommendation for the bar not priced very poorly either it's uh, like 54 55 bottle yeah not i saw it price. yesterday and i uh, picked up another bottle of a special larceny i'm becoming a larceny fan too because i'm able to get it well i saw that behind there when we were in the in the store and i probably should have picked that up before you bought it but i'm glad you got it yeah. now it's something you can share with me later absolutely nice talking to you this afternoon buddy all right good to see you as always howard all right take care feel better yeah you too thanks so much you guys for following along supporting us and listening to these wonderful conversations that howard and i are just blessed to have each and every day we'd like to thank and support all of our first responders police fire ems and our military for once again holding the line keeping us safe stay safe brothers and sisters we love you god bless and god bless america